Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council. We are back. Uh, it's officially been two months to the day since we have last been with you. And A, we have missed being around the mic talking to you. And we've kind of missed putting stuff out there for to talk about because there has been a ton of Star Wars stuff. But our summer hiatus hasn't been on purpose. It's been because we've all been very busy. Um... And to bring it all together today on this wonderful show, I am not alone. I, of course, am joined by three other members of the Jedi Council podcast. Uh, hold on, I'm Alex. I'm your host. I forgot to even introduce myself. That's how out of swing I am with doing this. Yes, I'm Alex, your host of the Jedi Council. Thank you so much for joining. And I'm not alone, like I said. I do have with me three members of the Jedi Council. They are the first lady of the Jedi Council, Mera. Say hello, Mera. Hello, Mera. Ah, good to have you back, Mera. How are you? It's nice to be back. It's it's lovely to hear you guys. I can't wait for our discussion today. Absolutely. And I'm also joined by my good buddy and my brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. How are you, my man? How's things? <laughs> I'm very good. Very good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Good to be behind the mic. And of course, no podcast will be complete without... Mr. Contrary himself, Alistair Clark. Say hello, Ali. Hi, Dave, Mara. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Very well, good. <laughs> Setting the tone right, early. Setting the tone early. It's been two minutes into the show. Well, you know, got to try. Fantastic. And yes, we are missing, of course, Mr. Lego himself, Andy, uh, this week. But he is not available this weekend, sadly. But nevertheless, the four of us are. And we are here to talk about everything and anything so that is right we have got an absolute packed agenda but before we go into the agenda a quick recap of how everyone has been doing it's been an incredibly busy summer uh mara talk about some of the things that you've been up to over the summer you've bought a new car that looks absolutely ma- massive and really cool i did i did yeah so i found out that my um my trailblazer may he rest in peace now um was not going to be registered without spending a lot of money on it. And it was a 2005. So um, I've come up, you know, seven years. It's still an older car to some, but it's uh, mm-hmm. a um, Chevy Tahoe. And we, I love it. And Pops can get in it very easy, which was a, was a great selling point. And I love the fact of no car payments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it's red. it's red. I need to put R2 somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can pretend it's 3PO's red arm, arm, you know, from The Force Awakens. Oh, that's where his red arm went. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, as, as somebody who's had a higher car to hoe before when I've been out in the States, I think it's an amazing car, so that's a great choice. Dave, what have you been up to this summer? Just family things, to be honest. Um, holiday with the, the, the family and the kids. Um made the odd one or two Star Wars purchases possibly one or two one or two three ten fifteen <laughs> twenty maybe yeah um, that's about it really it's like it, it's more a case of just just being busy at weekends and life taking over yeah yeah, yeah basically um, my eldest who you've now all met actually um has been more active in squash recently and there's been a few tournaments that tends to take up weekends so yeah no, no. 
all in all, just busy. Fair enough. Mr. I nearly called you Mr. Lego there. <laughs> Mr. Kintreri, what have you been up to, mate? Uh, I got engaged. So, yeah. thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so I went to the States. I actually saw Mera a couple of days before it happened, and she knew and didn't tell my girlfriend, which I really appreciate. There's, <laughs> there's quite a decent story behind the engagement ring, isn't there, Alex? Um, <laughs> I'll let you tell it, mate. Yeah, go on. Uh, this is completely not non-Star Wars related at all. Yeah, but we but I've accidentally bought the exact same ring that Alex has bought for his wife and my girlfriend. I should have checked in. I didn't think it was possible that two blokes could buy the same ring, but it happened. Oh, um, and that's, that's what a good fifteen years between them as well. Yeah, seventeen years, mate. Seventeen years. Yeah. Tiffany's is uh, is it's a timeless classic. <laughs> That right, is a great okay. way to describe it. it. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's a lovely ring. Well, I'm going to say that. Obviously, well, of course you are. For my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in trouble if I didn't say that. But. Yeah. So it's quite funny when um, Alex's wife said to my girlfriend, "Oh, can you show me the ring?" And I was like, mm, "Just look down on your hand." <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, no. So that's happened. Uh, new job. I, I bought my first Lego Star Wars set. Oh my God. You kept this quiet. What have you bought? Yes. Well, I didn't buy it for me. I bought it for Mera. Oh. <laughs> oh that <laughs> was anticlimactic. for me. I'm not going to keep any Lego set, you man. Um, <sighs> but I did buy it. Mera, Mera, you didn't say, what, what's on your key ring for your new car? Oh, what's on my key ring for my new car is the most perfect r2d2 that lights up <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah dave and alex feel bad excellent excellent <laughs> i feel bad for you because you're missing out on all the collector fun mate 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 we're going to galaxy's edge in five yeah. weeks time five weeks today you and i are going to be in galaxy's edge so i i, I don't care i don't care uh, if if when is, we is go that, is that where you're going to buy collectibles if, I tell you what, if we come back from Florida and you haven't got at least one thing collectible related, I will be ashamed of myself. Well, you're going to be ashamed for yourself because we've only got... Nope. You will because we've only got carry-on for the plane, so we're definitely not getting anything. I'll, I'll bring it home for you. <laughs> that don't count. <laughs> if it's your money, you can go in my suitcases. Absolutely fine. Um, we need to, ha- if, we need to have a conversation. The truth, you're you'll yeah. be coming back with about 10 packs of Fruit Loops. <laughs> And probably some Miller Lite beer knowing you as well. I think you will be. That's exactly yeah. right. Now I know that's an option. I think that's an option. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, Ali, I'll mail those to you, dear. Oh, thank you. See? There uh, you go. Hang on. We, we need to have a conversation about this. How are you only bringing carry-on luggage to a week in Florida? Yes. I was wondering. Uh, well, that's because what I did. This is the Jedi Council, not the Alex and Alistair. What, you're going to wear one well, robe? Because, because, a cabin bag, because cabin baggage is quite big, right? Yes. And like you get that plus you get a backpack. So we when we went to when we went to America a week and a half ago, we that's all we took and we were like, actually it's fine. What do you need for Florida? Like six T shirts, four well, yeah, yeah. shorts? That's all you need. It's not like you're taking big stuff. No, you need more you need at least two T shirts a day because you will sweat through one of them. I've been to Florida the last two years. I obviously have better sweat glands than you. I'm- <laughs> 
I'm fine. Don't worry about that. Plus, if oh, I get sweaty, I'll just buy new T-shirts, and you can take home my washing. Apparently. No, no. We've got five minutes into the podcast, and we've gone way off topic. Um, <laughs> however, I am going to swing it back round again to be quite realistic, because my summer was I went to California uh, for a week in August, and I actually went to Galaxy's Edge uh, over in California. So, uh, as part of today's podcast, I will be having a segment if we have time, uh, where I will be giving a very quick review about Galaxy's Edge and my thoughts uh, as a precursor. It's brilliant. Um, not that I'm overhyping it, uh, but nevertheless, it is an amazing place to go. But I will continue that uh, as we get on. So today's agenda, guys, we are going to be talking through something that happened on Friday, which was Triple Force Friday. We will get into that, the good and the bad, for the most part, of that particular theme. Um we're going to be doing a bit of a catch-up, as we haven't been together for a while, on everything that happened in D23, such as the new Episode 9 trailer, where, of course, we saw Ray with that dual-bladed red light. So we're going to get more conversation on that in just a little while, where the Obi-Wan Kenobi series was announced by Kathleen Kennedy and, of course, Ewan McGregor, who joined her, her on the stage. Not to mention the recent occurrence of Bob Iger and his revelations around his conversations with George Lucas um, on actually buying Star Wars and, and the use of storylines, etc. Some interesting conversations coming out of that. But of course, our first topic of the week is that Triple Force Friday. Um, for those of us that have been collecting for a while, this um, Force Friday has been a thing since Disney have kind of taken over. Uh, the first ever Force Friday I remember was back in 2014, 15, I'm going to say. 15? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Just before the release of The Force Awakens. So to get everybody hyped for what was coming in The Force Awakens. This was actually earlier in the year. It was in September back in 20, um, 2015. And it was great. A huge amount of products that were out. Um, I was actually in Japan when it when it happened, so I saw some really interesting Japanese themed products. Bought a few home for myself, and then obviously carried on the collecting uh, after that. And it's been a steady release every year uh, to get us hyped for for a new film. Obviously, it wasn't one last year, uh, as there was no film that we were going to be releasing to. Uh, and then, of course, I think it was a Star Wars celebration. I might even have been just before that, um, where they announced that Triple Force Friday was going to be on Friday, the fourth of October. Uh, in 2019 to get us prepared uh, for the rise of Skywalker. So, uh, Dave, I'm going to come to you last, and there's a very good reason why I'm going to be doing that. Um, but Mera, Ali, you know, there's been a huge ton of stuff that's come out online. Um, what are your thoughts on Triple Force Friday? Did I, I'm not even going to ask Ali because I know the answer is going to be no. Did any of you pick anything up on Triple Force Friday? Well, I didn't, but I did look... And I wasn't finding very much, but, you know, maybe my uh, searches were half-hearted because I just didn't see much, really. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been told I'm not allowed to speak, so I'm, I'm not answering that. I'll give, I'll give a view as well then, Alex. Um, I, I think we said it on the last podcast. How many times can you keep doing the same Stormtroopers or the same Millennium Falcon repackaged again and again and again? But I did see some some things that were different, obviously, because there's new things coming out for once. So that was good. The, the Mandalorian stuff looked quite nice if I was a collector. I thought that looked really good. Um, but I sort of I've I've been Googling around it and seeing that people have been having 
quite a lot of problem accessing it both in the states and here as things have gone more online um so i i think i think it might show a general trend of what's happened in the last four or five years in star wars in that in that uh it's more difficult to put these place of sales together and actually sell stuff than it was five years ago because the, the anticipation and the hype isn't there the way it was yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a weird situation because, to your point, and, and of course, Ali, what you just said there, the the finding of these particular products has become difficult. Um, I've, I've I've seen posts from people who I follow that are collectors in Australia that have had huge amounts of success going to just a couple of stores where they have picked up pretty much every single Black Series that was released, all of the vintage cars did releases as well um and i've seen some of like collectors in the states as well yet simultaneously i've seen a hell of a lot of people from the states and the uk in particular where you can't find anything unless you're looking online which as part of the collector is is the whole is part of the experience you know i previously i used to learn a toys R Us pick up um an action figure you know or a collectible i used to love walking around sainsbury's or, or as there were supermarkets here in the uk where they'd have the odd random one that was like oh my god i can't believe i've got it let's pick it up or go into forbidden planet and for me that was always part of the of the experience of being a collector going to a comic book store you know whereas now you're being forced as it were to go to online who i know it's having you to have and it's a hell of a lot cheaper to maintain but nevertheless you're finding options of going to a store picking up a collectible and and effectively being disappointed by what you see and the reason why i've i've always to go last dave on friday you took out a bit of a mission didn't you to go out in the uk to different vendors to find what you could see or not as the case may be and you kind of came back empty-handed well i had friday off work um i had an opportunity to go something so i'd already booked the day off work and that tied in very nicely with it being triple force friday so i thought great opportunity give myself a chance to to see what's out there um potentially cash cash in my pocket prepared to spend um just just have a look so i live in northwest of England, um, not far from Manchester, and Manchester, for people who don't live in the UK, is, is one of the UK's largest cities, um, arguably potentially the UK's second city when it comes to um, growth, um, wealth, um, and, and potential opportunities. So it's it's a fairly important city. So. I went to a very large shopping centre on the outskirts of Manchester called the Trafford Centre. Um, and there's a decent-sized Disney store in there. Um, and so I thought, right, OK, well, that'll be my first stop. I'll have a look in there. Triple Force Friday. Um, what I actually found was Frozen Friday, or Frozen 2 Friday, um, actually. Um, there was... There was nothing, no, nothing shouting Triple Force Friday, nothing shouting Star Wars. I had to hunt in store to actually find the one fixture that had Star Wars on it. 
So there was no uh, poster or anything like that in nothing, the window that nothing, said Triple Four Friday, no? The, the, no, the, um, because the, the, the entrance to um, the, the store inside the Trafford Centre, it's just it's almost like one large open doorway, really. There's two little side windows, and then the entire frontage is open. And it's um, it's almost like you know the alarmed bollard style gateway. So so mm. if you walk between any of the bollards and you, you you're walking out with something, the alarms will go off. And each of those had a covering on it about Frozen Two, uh, um, and hanging down from the ceiling, Frozen Two is here type of things. Um, the entire front entrance way was was frozen to death. Um, I mean, I, I understand Disney have got multiple brands these days. They've got multiple opportunities to sell. They've got multiple um, interests. And, and I think we, we, we've debated previously. For me, historically, I've always seen Disney as more of a, a young, and I, I apologize for this to anybody who might take offense to this. I don't mean it to be. But I've always seen Disney as more young and female. Um, for me, Disney has become more um, balanced in its its marketing and, and its target market by the the acquisition of the likes of Pixar, of Marvel, and and more likely of Lucasfilm. But <laughs> walking into Disney on Friday just highlighted to me that their their core market, the people they want to sell products to, are probably under seven girls, and, and and that was my my resounding feeling of, of Disney a Disney store, which should be their flagship, trying to promote all of their brands. Um, so so there was just this one this one fixture, um, two sided. I took a photograph of one, posted on Twitter, um, and uh, there was various different people who, who engaged on Twitter re- regarding that, um, and then. To add insult to injury, there was almost nothing new there. Um, there was Stormtrooper, um, original era Stormtrooper, original era Darth Vader and Yoda, um, and the Force Awakens BB-8, all in new packaging. Um, the 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 Stormtrooper and Vader are like a fourteen inch figure. Um, electronic that says sound bites from the movies makes um, blaster sounds and, and what have you but these are products that were released originally in 2014 because I've already got them um, but they were released in a completely different type of packaging so the majority of what was actually on the shelf was a repackaged existing product wasn't brand new wasn't force Friday material there was one remote control droid um which was in a fairly young looking box it 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 didn't look like um it didn't look like it was targeted at a, a, a collector it looked like it was targeted at a child and when well, that's fine it's disney store fair enough that's there we've already assigned that that has decided that that's their target market and and that's what the box felt like the other side of the fixture was a range of um, Star Wars um, role-play costumes for children. Uh, Kylo Ren, 
Sith Trooper. The Kylo Ren is the new Kylo Ren mask with the, the red repairs. Um, and that was it. That was it. I, I chatted to one of the, the sales guys or the, the, the colleagues, I, I don't know, the cast member, I think that's, that's what they turned out in the Disney store. Um, I was chatting to him, and he was almost slightly disappointed. Um, he, he, it was almost a case of, yeah, really sorry, this this is all we've got, really. And I, I said, well, I, I thought it was Triple Force Friday. He goes, yeah, but we don't we don't really get anything for that. And it was just, well, if Disney Store doesn't do it, this, I, I know what you were saying earlier about the fact that um, it's it's easier to sell perhaps online because you've got less um, cost associated with online retail. You, you don't have the same issues about having to have um, physical stocking on site you don't have to pay for your staff you don't have to have all your heating your lighting costs you, you've obviously got less less rates because you, you don't have a physical presence but the disney store is a physical store so for, for it not to have anything to do with a brand which they've spent four billion dollars buying just <clears throat> felt like a complete home goal for me can it's, I ask you a question, Dave? Oh, sorry, Alex was going to... No, go on. No, go on, Alex. I, I was wondering, though, Dave, as you said, um, and, and we have to be UK-specific, I think, to this yes. The high street, as we know, has been struggling. Many, many retailers going out of business. Do you think that retailers are less likely to stock Star Wars? And I, and I, and I would agree, by the way, that probably for Disney, this is no excuse, but I wonder if it's their thinking. Is that because... Um, you can still get Last Jedi toys all over the place, or collectibles. Sorry, you can get Solo. That they're just—they were so not supported that they've got all this extra stock that they're just not prepared to restock until they sell that stuff. I, I, I actually, I would—I'd agree that's probably got part of the problem. Um, again, going back to the Disney store itself, that's not an excuse for Disney. No. Um, you would—you would expect that they embrace and they support their own brands, and it did feel like they weren't. But I did go to other locations as well. Um, so in the Trafford Centre as well, there's a, a large John Lewis. Um, and all John Lewis's tend to have toy departments. Um, they had the new Lego sets in. Um, so you, you had the new Y-Wing, the new A-Wing, um, the ATST from The Mandalorian. Um, they had they had those sets. To be fair, I wasn't looking for a Lego set. Um, and <laughs> but on that, what, Dave, I was going to say did, tying into what you just said, Ali. Yeah. About about um, what we sometimes see with collectibles. Mm. I am disappointed. I, this is just becoming my my little rant. This 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 <laughs> podcast. I really I really am sorry about this, um, but. I am slight, even though I love Lego, I, I cannot say how much I love Lego. I must have somewhere in the region of 40, 50, 60, 70 Lego sets now. Um, and, and they range from, I, I have the original Anakin pod racer Lego set, uh, um, all the way up to the most recent Lego sets. Um, and, and some of the more 
unusual ones such as um, um, I'm trying to think uh, such, such as Rebellion Cruisers um, such as the ATST from the clone from Rebels so, so I've got some of the more unusual ones I don't just have the mainstream ones I own three different Millennium Falcons in Lego from three different eras um, but to, 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 sorry, to go back to what Ali said, one thing that I am disappointed at with Lego this time, and, and I, I guess in part I can't just blame Lego. They're, they're, they're doing what they're given by Lucasfilm and Star Wars to play with. Yep. But we've got brand new movies coming out. We've got a computer game that's coming out that, that looks phenomenal. We've got brand new, um, for, for the first time ever, live action TV shows so what Lego sets do we have oh let's see we've got another Millennium Falcon we've got another Y-Wing we've got another A-Wing and we've got another ATST. and and fair enough they're in different colour schemes and fair enough there'll be different characters that will come with them it's the same sets. Yeah. I've, 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 I've literally, I can see from where I'm sat, I can see my three Millennium Falcons. I actually have them stacked one above the other, um, progressing through time. And what am I going to do? Am I going to stack another one on top of that? <laughs> do, how many Millennium Falcons can a guy have, for God's sake? Well, can I ask you a question related to this, then, David? And it's actually at Alex as well, because you two are the primary collectors. Um, do you think that um, if you are a Lego collector in general, you would definitely have Star Wars as part of your collection? So, you know, it, you may choose one or two of the four Millennium Falcons, but if you like Lego and you go for Ninjago and whatever, Star Wars is definitely a part of that. Whilst if you are a, a, a pure Star Wars fan and you haven't bought the, the, the figures from the previous episodes... I think it becomes a lot harder to stock those items from the point of the retailer. So Lego know that past sales say, if I put this up, it will definitely sell to people who are both Star Wars fans and not Star Wars fans. Whereas if you put a pure collector up for the new film that people haven't seen and we don't know if there's going to be a backlash towards, you're taking a risk. Do you think that's played some part into it? That that would explain why John Lewis only had the Lego sets. Yeah. You, yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point because you're kind of guaranteed to make a sale. And that I know Andy's not obviously the on Lego here today, sales. but when you look at Andy, right, he obviously doesn't collect for the most part anything other than Star Wars things that is Lego. Now, he had a pretty good Force Friday from what I, I can understand. He, he got a few bits and pieces and was incredibly happy with his Triple Force Friday haul. However, the likes of Dave and I, who aren't just looking at Lego for me, while I didn't actually go out of my house on Friday because I was working from home, but that's besides the point. Even looking online, I'm thinking there's the Mandalorian that I really like. There are a couple of these Black Mm. Series figures that I know that I would happily pick up. But the collector in me is thinking, I don't know where I'm going to go for this because, to your point, Dave, when you look at the Disney store, and I'm kind of going to stick up for Disney here a little bit. And the reason why I am is because... I'm also going to criticise them for exactly the same thing. They released both stuff for Frozen 2 and Star Wars on exactly the same day, which in my mind is is ridiculous because 
Frozen 2 as a movie comes out at the end of November. So it makes sense that in October they're going to want to bring out everything that's related to Frozen. I get that. And, you know, we know that Frozen Frozen 1 was huge, a really unexpected success for Disney all those years ago. Um, you know, you can still go to Disney World, Disneyland, etc., and you still see a hell of a lot of Frozen gear from the first film, which came out in 2015, I'm going to say, maybe even before then, I think. Um, oh, so Alex, th- just let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, you're, you, you're getting a successful movie, so I don't want to bring out a sequel. I get it. 100% think that's a really good thing to do. Bring out Frozen products. Absolutely. Seeing the Disney store Frozen. Absolutely. But don't do it on the same day as when you release new brand new mm. Star Wars product. It doesn't make any sense. Now, if Disney had any sense at all, they would have moved Triple Force Friday to be at the start of November. That's a two month well, they, span. They get to control it. That's what I mean. They so get to control it. It, it wasn't like there was anything. Destiny. Yeah. And it's no really frustrating. Excuse. No Sorry, excuse. Go on, Mary. You were going to say something, Mary. There, go on. Yeah, yeah. I just had, I did have a question about one of the, or two of the figures, the, what are they, three and um, three quarter inch. Um, uh, is there a, it looks like there's a different uh, Stormtrooper. Now we've got the Sith Trooper. Do we now have a Sith Imperial Combat Assault Tank somebody? Or, I mean, because the helmet looks different. Is that true, or? Oh, there's, there's a purge trooper. I've seen. Yeah. I've seen a. Um, there's, there's been a few different figures that I've seen released. You've got Sith trooper. I've seen a Sith jet trooper. Yeah. Um, the helmet is purge trooper. The, the purge trooper is almost like in black and red. Yeah. yeah the, the purge trooper is from Fallen Order, the video game. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Along with yeah. along with second sister Inquisitor. Yeah, and of course the main character from the game whose name I've completely forgot. It's okay. a lad, um, Cal Ketstis. Cal, Ketstis. that's the one. So yeah, so you what? I mean, the strategy was pretty smart. They had figures from that. They had figures from the Mandalorian, and they had figures from the Rise of Skywalker. Three of the biggest things that Lucasfilm are bringing out this year, and they're saying, "Hey, Hence triple force." Yeah. Um, but, but, the but, point, but they weren't anywhere to be found. Yeah, which shooting themselves in the foot is the best way to describe yeah. it, I think. But, but what, do you what, need to uh, put okay. it in context, though? Like, in terms of the last three Star Wars releases, haven't done well. Yeah. They haven't done well. And by that, the, the third one I'm including is Resistance, which we haven't spoken about. Mm. But there's a second no. Resistance series. There is no way I think that originally it was meant to be two series. But it's obviously done so appallingly and they've been a- unable to... Have you ever seen a kid with a Resistance backpack or with a, no. a collectible? No, it just hasn't worked. Add on top of that, Solo not... Mm. Wor- I mean, good film, but not working particularly well. The Last Jedi not working very well. That's the last three. I mean, people are talking. I don't know if we're going to talk about Kevin Feige and, and the, the reset later. Um, but, you know, people are talking about this is a Star Wars reset happening after this film. Well, yeah, I mean, that was going to so, be... And uh, Disney literally giving yeah. up on this, this era of Star Wars. I'd, say. It's funny because I think that's a really good way to think about it. Because when, if you remember correctly, when Disney bought start uh, Lucasfilm there was this big hoopla we're going to finish the series we're going to do three new movies that all link into Return of the Jedi um, even all the marketing stuff 
for the most part, completely disregarded the prequels. Mm-hmm. Everything that you saw that Disney released all centered around the original trilogy, bringing out Rebels as well, kind of leading into the original trilogy. Rogue One leading into the original trilogy, even Solo leading into the original trilogy, for, and obviously calling back to, the, to Han Solo as the key character and Chewie, etc. There was no mention of the prequels because they were so focused on the sequel trilogy becoming the next big three Star Wars movies. And effectively, they've kind of not achieved what they set out to do because it's been handled appallingly. Not all of it, by the way. Yeah, um, but I mean, they've literally gone back to the Clone Wars. They have. They've, they've gone back to the Clone Wars, that. yeah. And, and there's there's rumours that Hayden Christensen is going to be in episode nine. And you're thinking, well, it, I mean, let's say that he does. You're kind of thinking, well, how much of the story? And we all know that Palpatine's back. Now, I know that's the original trilogy, but nevertheless, he was in the prequel trilogy as well. So therefore, you're, how, how much of this story are they improvising to effectively regain, dare I call it the core fans? I don't like using that term because if you're a fan, you're a fan, but... If you're one yeah, of these core fanatics, yeah, if you want to kind of re-engage them, you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy the but, way but that they've then, decided to take it. But also, I, 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 sorry, Dave. No, go on. I, no, saying, no, go on. Go on. I, I think you also, Alex, and, and I know you're going to talk about Galaxy's Edge, hmm. but it hasn't been the success that Disney thought it would be in terms of numbers. Everyone said it's not been full like everyone expected. Now, again, is that because they took it at a different time period that didn't even exist? And there wasn't the nostalgia to it. So people can't go to the cantina they love. They can't do that. I know, I know there's reasons for annual passes and the second ride's not open. But it hasn't been the success in Florida that they expected. Everyone, you know, the actual head of the creative got fired for this. So it's so it, there's lots of supporting stuff now for Disney mm. to be able to say, we need to reset this. Because and, it's a great thing. But but yeah. it, this, this version isn't quite working. I... I really hope they don't use the word reboot because for me, that would be a cardinal sin. Reset is a great word because, you know, the, the movies from the, pre- the start of the prequels through to the end of the sequel trilogy is effectively about 45 years ish. Right. You have got thousands of years before it, thousands of years after it, because don't forget, this is set in the galaxy a long time ago, far, far away. They have got so much room to play with that you don't need to link in, change, or even reboot the main story arc of Star Wars. And if they did that, I think that would be even worse than what they've done with the sequel trilogy, personally. I think there'd be a massive fallout if they said mm. they were going to reboot it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, 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 take, this, this is taking our conversation back perhaps 12 months to a conversation we, we, we've had before, in a way. <laughs> When, when you look, at, as exactly as you just said there, Alex, when you look at the history that Star Wars had built up, fair enough, a lot of it was not canon. A lot of it was, it wasn't fan fiction because it was, it was endorsed by Lucasfilm. It was um, written by professional and established authors. The computer games that were built were built by LucasArts themselves. It's not like it was given off to, to someone like EA to make up whatever type of rubbish they want to. It was controlled by them. And they knew what they were producing. Fair enough, they, they may not have classed it as canon, but they produced it. So you had all of this wealth of material, of books, of source books, of, of, of in-galaxy-style written books, of computer games, of comic books. You could have picked any period of time. And 
what Disney could have done, not not what they have done, but what they could have done, they could have chosen any quiet corner of the Star Wars universe and focused upon that and made that a new core area. They could have left the original and the prequel era alone. Let's face it, you you could have left the story and 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 left the finish at the redemption of Vader, the end of Palpatine. That story's complete. Six films. It's self-contained. It has a beginning. It has the the middle, uh, the, the 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 fall of one empire, the, the republic, the rise of the empire, and then it has the demise of the empire. You you could have left that as a six-part story. Instead, and in some ways, I can understand. I even now I understand why they did it. I'm not saying that with hindsight I agree with what they've done, but I can fully understand why they did it. They thought, you know what, we've got, we've we've just paid four billion dollars for this franchise. We've just paid four billion dollars for all this wealth of material, but we know that we have this hardcore fan group of the let let's say. 30 to 50 year old person probably now probably in work probably have family probably have disposable income now they've been core fans of ours for the last 30 40 years now they've always bought our material they've always supported what we produced so we will revisit the story that we know has a lot of nostalgia. We'll re-engage with this fan base, and hopefully, this fan base will bring their children into it. And we will continue to sell all of our rubbish to all of these people because we know that that works. It's funny because I think that's a really good way to circle this conversation back to Triple Fools Friday. Because, as per usual, as as, list, <laughs> as listeners of the podcast will know. We do go off in a tangent and we do do shock of conversation, but I think that's a great way to bring it back because when you think of what has been produced for Triple Fools Friday, it seems because they're trying to cover all the bases of figures and a computer game, figures of the computer game characters, characters from the new TV show and characters from the movie. It's like they've actually seen where they can start to try to re-engage with those same characters that have been disillusioned. So, the, the figures that Hasbro are putting out look great. The, the Lego sets, they look good, but to your point, though, there is a little bit of repackaging to a certain extent. But it seems as though Disney have kind of made that effort to, to bring out these amount of products that, to, I mean, to be honest with you, if I go into a store and I see the Mandalorian, if I see the, the, the one of the Seven Sisters, if I see the character from um, Fallen Order, and if I see the Sith Trooper, I'm going to pick up all of them, right? Oh, gotcha. and, and it's as simple as that. The only problem is I'm not seeing I'm them because I'm buying. I'm having to buy them online, um, and it's ironic. Well, I went into Smiths on again on Friday. My my journey of trying to find something to buy. I went to Smiths toy shop, and and Smiths arguably is probably the largest toy retailer in the UK now. From from a physical presence, they they've taken over the Toys R Us shed style shop them or the entertainer well the, the, the entertainer yeah but they tend to be smaller they tend mm. to be within shopping centers they tend to be more high streets 
whereas the the, the Toys R Us that I remember, yeah. they were the large out of town. Retail parks. Style, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Next to the B and Q style operation, next to the Curry's. <clears throat> And that, that's where Smiths have, have positioned themselves in that same shed operation where, mm. where they've got massive aisles stacked way too high that you can't get to the top of, that you need a stepladder to get to, hundreds of toys all under one roof, to, to, to use a phrase that, that mm. Toys R Us used to use. Wait, and there was nothing. <laughs> there, was, there, mean, was, there was literally Lego, and that was yeah. it. And, and to be fair, I tweeted about that, and I, I copied in Smiths, I've copied in Disney, I've copied in Hasbro, both the UK and the, the main parents of these organisations. Smiths came back to me with an apology and said it was due to their their suppliers not providing any any material, any stock. They they used that term. Do we think that that's Hasbro or do we think that's Disney? It's I a hypothetical question because no, nobody knows the answer to that. But it's got to be strange. It's got to be a strange scenario, and I think the, the the point around stock being left over, and 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 the earlier point, Mary, you mentioned around you know the the troops. Now the troopers, personally, the more the merrier. I think they all look great, but I think Mary, your your point about the same stuff potentially being just redistributed or, or bringing out again, you know, uh, I think that's an incredibly valid point there. Mera? Are you there? Sorry, I am. Sorry. I'm talking. <laughs> you was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do normally, not you. You're pro. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, not that time. Exactly, Alex. I mean, I loved the... Um... I don't know. Even the Sith Trooper and, and the things like that. Just the Millennium Falcon is the new one because why? It has Landau, Calrissian now. I think looking at the new version, it's going back to the OT, the original trilogy um, round uh, satellite dish. So, yeah. So it's got that again, and it looks like the the quad cannon on the top of it is a slightly different design. But, it's because it got broken in the Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. But superficially, from from the outside, that is the only difference. And and I believe that the Lego set is a slightly different mechanism for opening because the the original the, the the last three versions have almost been pe- like petal flower petals, and it opens up in a number of 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 sections all open outwards like a like a like a flower, whereas the the later version. This new version, I think there's just three main sections that open up as, as almost like a full clamshell opening, if that makes sense. But superficially, they're exactly the same. Well, they have at least jet troopers now, First Order and Sith. Woohoo! <laughs> well, I've already got I've got the original trilogy version of the the jet trooper that came because they were introduced in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Ah. Can, can I ask you a, a it's an economic question um, again for our collectors so so historically um, during the dark ages Star Wars collectibles the, the value of them went up quite a lot when they were harder to get hold of do you think Disney might be limiting the supply to bring back that market and bring back that specialness to owning one of them because obviously if you limit the supply 
and people can't get hold of them. I mean, I know it's not great for collectors who want to get them and have to buy them off eBay at extortionate prices, but you re-exercise that market. That's, that's the difference. If, if you went back 20 years to the, the, the dark times, um, using Alex's terminology, yes. um, you had... You, you you had vendors that you would buy from. It was all on the high street. There was none of it online. And and it was the hunt. It was the looking for it. It was the picking up the the, the, the product on the shelf. It's walking into a shop and, and finding that, that absolute treasure trove of a shop that's, that stocked seven or eight different things that you didn't have. And you're then thinking, oh, my God, I've only got X, X amount of money in my pocket. I can only afford maybe one, maybe two of these. Which one do I pick? I'm going to have to go with my favorite. My favorite's that one. Oh, I love the packaging on that one. Or, or, or just look at the mold on that. That's just a brilliant figure. And that that was part of the hunt. That was part of the joy of finding these things. Whereas but now, isn't it now you then? go online go online and you just okay. click an item and there's there's i don't know i uh, is there the same sense of achievement from doing that is, is the stock limited online though would be my question dave it's because some I, are, some i'm are. saying that it's sold out quite quickly some of the stock yeah. so is, you think that they're trying to bring that back not 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 deliberately i think but well maybe deliberately but but just if you limit the supply all of a sudden those star wars collectibles become more precious to people it depends on the figure and that is genuinely true um when you look at the stuff that's come out previously for last jedi uh force awakens solo rogue one etc there are certain characters and there are certain figures that resonate with with collectors in that they in my opinion i don't i could be way off i don't know but it seems as though they only release a certain amount of that particular figure because it increases the demand so if you take, uh, what's his name, Captain Suvio or Vuzio, whatever his name is, you can find him everywhere. Nobody cares about him because there's a hell of a lot of figures that are still out there. Yet, if you want to try and find a limited edition Boba Fett that they might have re-released maybe five, ten years ago, you ain't going to find it unless you go to a key collector who's got one in his basement in, in prime mint condition in box. And <clears throat> So while you do get a lot of figures promoted, like um, in, in this latest wave, you've got the Mandalorian. You've got the Mandalorian in the standard um, Hasbro Black Series pack. You've got the first edition, which is a white pack. And you have a chrome edition, which is in like a burgundy color, right? So it's the same figure packaged, packaged three different ways. All right, the one that's called the chrome one has got like a chrome finish to it, so it's a little bit heavier. But nevertheless, you've got three figures. Is that not car- carbonized? Yeah, whatever it is. I know it's a little bit yeah. different, but yeah. it's essentially the same mold. It's the same character, and yes. yeah. it's a little bit weighty. So you've got the same character three different times. However, because it's the Mandalorian, because it is Boba Fett looking, because it's the hype around the new show, I can't find anywhere to buy that, right. not, even on, not even online. However, I know that the Sith Trooper, I've already picked up one of them. I picked up one when I was in Disneyland. You know, so it needs of the collector versus what they actually want to sell because they know there are certain characters they can just sell like that. But do you think as well, then, sorry, on your point that you bought it on <coughs> Disneyland, are you expecting that when we go to Disney next month, you might well find some of these characters in Galaxy's Edge and places like that? Because Disney want people to go into these places to get the more exclusive 
collectibles. Potentially, because well, to, to be fair, there's all that, that point. Can I, can I hire some space in your bag? <laughs> Sorry, it's full of my washing. Have you not? I was going to say, hold on, I'm bringing back Ali's beer and dirty clothes. Hold on. Um, potentially, although to be fair, the figure that I bought was in the the World of Disney store, which is in like the the, the downtown Disney area. So anybody could go there. It's not actually in the park per se. So, but that's but still, to, that's still, you still need to go there, to Disney, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You still need to go there. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I know that. I mean, I've picked up. Some of the 40th edition vintage card six-inch figures that I've got, I bought them in the landing bay in Disney World in Florida right. because it was they were there. I saw them, and I thought, oh, haven't seen you in Target or Walmart at that point in time when they came out. Picked them up in Disney. Yeah. And it's meanwhile, the same price. Meanwhile, Dave in the Manchester Traffic Centre, yeah. they're not Can't interested find in selling it there. Although it's, it's funny there's, you say that because... Nothing. Absolutely the, nothing. The World of Disney in Orlando did a midnight madness where they opened the store at midnight locally for like two hours to allow people to come in. And they also did the same in Disneyland in California. And they did it in about five or six different Walmarts and targets across the U S but that was it. Right. So if you know where to look, you can get your figures and you can do the midnight thing. I remember a couple of years ago, Dave, we had a conversation about maybe meeting up at some point to go to a Toys R Us. At midnight, mm. right, we, we didn't at that point yeah. in time, but nevertheless, that was a couple of years ago. I know, I know Toys R Us isn't available now, fair enough, but nevertheless, there was I, I hadn't seen any publication on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn of any yeah. of the collectors in the stores that I follow to say there's going to be a Midnight Madness. It just didn't exist this no. year. No, it didn't. I, I, don't, I don't know if people, or I say people, I don't know if retailers are also feeling burnt because of what happened to Toys R Us. There's, and, there's, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of talk about Toys R Us bought heavily into Hasbro, bought heavily into Star Wars, yeah. and when the Last Jedi failed from a retail perspective, I'm not saying at the box office, the box office did very well, mm. but in a retail perspective, the Last Jedi bombed. It's, you, it's funny, and my my take on the reason why it failed, retail commercially from a from an action figure point of view. It's because the film started exactly the same. Sorry, the film started at the end of The Force Awakens. To echo the point that Mera made around the same stuff being created when it comes to the troopers, etc. They basically went from the end of the movie right away to the start of the next. Meaning, you're not mm. going to have any deviation or variation in existing characters, nor are you going to get anything that's going to be brand new. Yeah, they brought in the Praetorian Guards, who God knows where they came from. Um mm. But nevertheless, you, they were the newest things that you could bring in, which again were a variation of the Imperial Gods. So, but then, but then that's all we're tending to see at the moment. That, exactly. That, this, and, and again, this this brings me back, and it brings me back to what Ali said originally. You look at the Lego sets that are out there at the moment. A Y wing. I've already got two Y wings. Do I want another Y wing? An A wing. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. There must be at mm. least two, maybe three A wing sets out there at the moment already. Another Millennium Falcon. It, it's it is this is this the fault of the toy makers? I, I don't think it is. Is it instead the fact that Lucasfilm Star Wars is lacking creativity and he's too busy trying to trying to to, to take me back to my point? Are they still just trying to re-engage for nostalgia? Are they are they hesitant? 
in trying something that is brand new. And instead, mm. they're creating this Frankenstein's child that has got a, 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 a slash and a stab at nostalgia, but is so badly mauled that it puts off the, the fans. I think the answer to that is yes. And, and the reason being, and, and I'm skipping to a different topic here in a way, is the Bob Iger revelations. The fact that George Lucas in interviews had previously said that he felt that Star Wars should always move on. He didn't want to do the same thing in the prequels as the originals. Didn't want to do the same thing in the sequels. But now we know for sure that Disney bought that. They bought the film treatments and they chose not to use them. And they chose to go back in and tap into that nostalgia. We now know that in black and white. It's, it's from Bob Iger himself. And I think that changes things when you even have this discussion because it just means you're absolutely right, Dave. It's it's funny because you've just completely mangled the running order of the show, but we'll just let it go. <laughs> you know, as, as we go on with the whole Frozen thing, I'll let that go. Um, but it is a good, it is a better time than any to kind of jump in because that also kind of ties in with the Kevin Feige announcement. Because when you see the quotes that have come out of the Bob Iger, the book, um, and for, for, for you guys that don't know, last week I think it was Bob Iger released his autobiography, which is his 15 years of being CEO of the Walt Disney Company and everything he has learned in that 15 year period. Now, taking Star Wars out of this, and I'll obviously circle back to it. From a book perspective, it sounds like an absolutely thrilling, thrilling read. You get to learn about the pressures and the demands of being a CEO. I mean, this guy's a multimillionaire because, of, well, probably because of his salary. Um, but he used to run the he used to run ABC, which is obviously owned by Disney. And his running of ABC to make them one of the most prime TV channels in the states kind of led him to become the person that runs the Walt Disney Company. Um, so that his book in itself actually does sound like a fantastic read. Then we bring into the everything that's come out of it about Star Wars, and it makes it even more wondering because, to your point, Ali, you've got the agreement and the, and the book actually documents the conversations with George Lucas and how things were bought and sold, etc., and how apparently at one point George Lucas withdrew the sale because he wanted yeah. to have a level of commercial, sorry, commercial, of creativity and creative control on what they do in the future. So he didn't kind of agree to that. He pulled out of the cell. He came back to the table. And then at one point, because Bob Iger found George Lucas to be difficult to work with, he withdrew the, the offer of buying it. Um, and then all of a sudden, they came back to the table and then agreed to sell, as we all know. But the important part, kind of looping this back into everything that we've just discussed today already, is that in the book, it details how Bob Iger, Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, and somebody else's name I've completely forgot, um, has l taken the scripts and the, the stories and, and what George Lucas has given them, and they agreed to buy them. Yeah. Now, we know, if George Lucas has obviously put his heart and soul into Star Wars, we know this. So he has got an idea of what the next three movies and the new trilogy, or sequel trilogy as it is, is going to contain. And for Bob Iger to turn around and go, yeah, we're going to buy them as well. But then a few months later, turn around and go, actually, we're going to go in a completely different direction and not really use the story you, that you gave us at all. Begs the question of whose idea was it ultimately? Was it Bob Iger? Nobody really knows. It just says him, Kathleen Kennedy, and um, 
It's it was the head of, it was films as well, wasn't it? I can't remember. Yeah, I know who Michael, you mean. Michael Arndt, I think his name is. Um, something like that. So you've got all these four people standing, sitting around a table who have been gifted, or like bought, for want of a better word, this treatment of three movies from George Lucas, who is Mr. Star Wars. And they've just gone, no. Yeah. I'm not, I've, I've got a couple of points on that, though, Alex, because I, w- I was in America the day that... So, so quite often they announce these things on Good Morning America TV show out there, and I just happened to switch it on, and Bob Iger was doing the interview about it all. And I found it fascinating because he spoke for maybe five to ten minutes, didn't mention Star Wars once, mm-hmm. and mentioned all the other properties, Pixar, ever, didn't mention Star Wars... Uh, which I was fairly shocked at. And also, it was the day that they released the Frozen 2 trailer. Mm. Straight, so, so he announced his book, and he did that. My second point is, no one knew this this book was, was happening, really. I mean, mm. we haven't discussed it before, because we've never heard of it, um, yes. which is fascinating in itself. And, yeah, and and thirdly, it's, it's just about... Um, there has obviously been this theory as well, that... George Lucas wanted as much money for Lucasfilm yeah. as Pixar was worth. And so apparently when the deal started, there wasn't much because Lucasfilm is George Lucas at that point, basically. He's the man with all the ideas, all the IP, everything. And so there's this question of, did he quickly write free story treatments to make the value up to $4 billion, Or were they actual stories? That, that's, the, that's the intangible we don't know and we'll never know. I think that they were already written, honestly. I think they were already in his head the direction he wanted to go. That's my two cents. Well, it's wasn't it the wills and all that kind of stuff, Mera? Is that what Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got to have the end of the story before you write the beginning. And I think that, um, I don't know, George was so in, in... how I've seen him over the years, he was so, uh, he had his story. He knew all the particulars. I mean, it's kind of like J.K. Rowling with, you know, writing her things, that she had all these histories of somebody. He So did he. I mean, he had backgrounds. He had, you know, even though they weren't formulated until the story started, you know, playing out. I mean, he went back and I think, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think he had a, he's always had a beginning and a, and a proper ending to the Skywalker saga. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you you hear stories, whispers, anecdotes, whatever you want to call them, that he actually, at one point, had 12 movies mm-hmm. ready to, not ready to go, but um, but nevertheless, after he finished doing the, the prequel trilogy, he actually said he was going he was gonna to take a break, mm-hmm. and he did, clearly. But at the same token, you hear stories where he's actually said that he's actually scripted or had treatments, as it were, for six more films to, to carry on after... Return of the Jedi, which would have focused in and around the kids of Han mm. and Leia, which obviously we are kind of doing now, or one of them anyway, um, and the story of Luke continuing. So he obviously had something in the back of his mind to sell to Disney. Otherwise, the conversations, in my opinion, wouldn't have taken place because Lucasfilm would have been ticking over nicely. You know, he'd been making the Clone Wars. it would be bringing out comics um, in conjunction with Dark Horse. Um, there'd been obviously books. Yes, they weren't necessarily canon, but nevertheless, while Star Wars wasn't as mainstream, for want of a better word, as it is today, it still hadn't it hadn't gone away completely. 
Um, well, you know, some some of those, a number of those novels made it onto the New York Times bestsellers list. Yeah. Now, for science fiction novels, that's a big thing. Mm. It, it shows that it wasn't just niche. Exactly. And it also raises the point around Disney changing their attitude towards Star Wars and how things go. Because when you think about it, the new movies had, yeah, they only they had Han for a bit. They had Leia for a bit. For a bit. And then they had Luke <laughs> for a bit. You know, and the only ever present, as it were, is obviously Chewie. Um, but nevertheless... And the choice. And, well, yeah, of course, and 3PO and for a little bit, R2. But you then start to think about how they've now brought back Thrawn prominently. Let's be honest. Um, his recent trilogy was, was a success at New York Comic Con, which is this weekend. They've announced he's got another trilogy, um, yep. which is going back to this, the Just Ascendancy and how it all started and how he became who he was. You know, so Thrawn has now obviously then got comic books. He's also got, he's in Rebels. Uh, you know, they've, they've brought back ideas and characters from the EU to again potentially to re-engage the fans and some of the stories that we might see and characters that we are believed to maybe get in the Mandalorian okay we know we've seen images from John Favreau's Instagram where it's a droid that looks like IG-88 but it's actually IG-11 um, but nevertheless the similarities are exactly the same the Mandalorian looks like Boba Fett and Jango Fett um, you know so there's these callbacks to better times for want of a better word uh, I don't think we're in a worse time but that's a different conversation entirely but there are a change in what they do. Uh, and is that because they've realised that they made a mistake? Um, and indeed, is that what Kevin Feige is going to do? We know we've all seen what Kevin Feige has done with Marvel. He's done an absolutely amazing job. And the fact that they are still killing it even now. Um, for him to turn around and actually say, me and Kathleen Kennedy are making a Star Wars film together. That's huge. Um, and... The, that does lead to secondary conversations of always oh, Kevin yeah. Feige going to stand down from Marvel? Probably not. Is Kevin Feige going to take over Lucasfilm? Probably not. But the guy, the guy and Kathleen Kennedy are movie creators, producers, and makers. So therefore, they should I don't be. Agree with you, Alex. It that. should be a dream team, in my opinion. Go on, and why not, Mister Contreras? I, I don't think that's. I just don't think that's possible. I, I think what what he did was he built that world of Marvel. And they're yes. going to try and do that again with Star Wars. And there's also, don't forget, there's been <clears throat> huge rumours that George Lucas has been back involved at Star Wars and Disney for the next film. Well, he's got a name credit, apparently, on The Mandalorian. So, so and we know he visited the set. Yeah. So, so, so I think, I think it's quite interesting, to, to your point, about going back to stuff. I do think they, they've definitely, in the last recent times gone back to that George Lucas and indeed Dave Filoni well to get themselves out of a mm. bit of a hole I then think they're going to properly reset and say Kathleen Kennedy thank you very much you're now a producer right. but this has not worked and I actually think that the Ryan Johnson, Ryan, Ryan Johnson trilogy and um, and the Game of Thrones guys um, film is in complete jeopardy because why would yeah. you bring along the head of Marvel to create this new thing yes. and keep people who are tarnished? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I, so I, yeah. I, I really think that's the new story that's going to come out in the next year, is that, as Dave, to Dave's points and to Mary's points earlier, this is going to be, let's go focus on a completely different era, maybe a thousand years before, maybe a thousand mm. years after, 
and just leave this bit alone because it's been a flipping disaster the last few years. It has. It has. You, you, again, I, I go back to, to what I said originally. You, you, <laughs> two years ago, three years ago, what what I think, am I, and this, this is just my, my view, what I think they should have done is just left the, left the six films as six films. You could have transposed the current sequel trilogy 200 years into the future, um, making it disconnect with the, with the established movies, setting up a brand new era. You could have had exactly the same story you could have had flashbacks to Luke. You could have had flashbacks to Leia and to Han in their prime. You could have you could have seen them establishing something fantastic. This new Republic, this new Jedi Order, this new this this refreshed peace in the galaxy. You jump two hundred years into the future. It's all now in jeopardy. It's all potentially going to go wrong. You could even have descendants of the Skywalkers and the Solos knocking about, and as as main protagonists, you could have kept everything, just created a, a, a time distance between what we grew up with and perhaps where it is now. I think. One of the reasons it's potentially not resonated as well as they would like to have done is because there is a feeling that the original trilogy characters have all been tarnished by this story. None of them. You, you, you saw them leave the um, Return of the Jedi on a high. They were the heroes of the galaxy. They brought down the evil um, empire. They destroyed... Palpatine, Luke was a Jedi Master, Leia was a potential new leader of a new Republic, um, Han Solo would be her consort, her husband, her, uh, her confidant, someone who would give her the edge. You you still had the, the Chewbacca and the droids who could could he could even offer continuity. We don't know how long a Wookiee lives, so it's possible even in two hundred years from now you could still have a Chewbacca looking after the descendants of the Solos or still attached to the descendants of the Solos. You could still have the, the droids knocking about as, as mentors to new generations. You, you could have had everything that we're now seeing in the sequel trilogy just with a time hiatus from the original trilogy rather than bringing back I, I, I use the term clickbait they they use the original characters as clickbait to to get the nostalgia there to get the original fans to come back to the cinema and and it's 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 not gone a hundred percent the way they wanted it to slight understatement on that bit yeah but I uh, <coughs> but I completely agree with you and I think when you look at what Disney have done, it isn't all bad. I think let's just put it out there. It's not no, all bad. No, it's um, not. But there has been massive bumps in the road. I think that's, a, again, I think that might be a bit of an understatement as well, but nevertheless, um, it's it hasn't gone the way they wanted to. And, you know, when you look at everything that has kind of been and gone, it's a good segue in my mind to kind of take us into that trailer that dropped 
episode nine because when you look at the, the at episode nine, the D23 for episode nine, I should say, because when you look at the trailer, the f- it's about two and a half, maybe even three minutes long. The first minute and a half to two minutes is basically a summary of the first six movies and then a little bit of Force Awakens and a little bit of The Last Jedi. If you'd have thought about the marketing campaigns that went on at The Force Awakens, there was no mention, like I touched on the early one, of the, of the prequels whatsoever. Yet now, we are at episode nine. We are at a point where we are tying up the, Star, the Skywalker saga and they're bringing elements from the prequel trilogy into this now. It is a massive shift. But taking that actual trailer in its in its entirety, there was a great warm-up. And then we got into the episode nine trailer. And I'm going to throw it out to you, Meryl. What did you think when you saw that trailer? This is your fight. Uh, for, for, sorry, <laughs> for the episode nine trailer? Yeah, the one, yeah. Okay. The, the, the D23 one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, lots. I mean, I've got uh, a lot of questions, a lot of things I, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, it, it was... I, I honestly think I am at a wait and see. Isn't that terrible? I I thought it was interesting. A lot of people say, um, you know, about Ray. It didn't even really look like her to me. Honestly, I thought it was Carrie uh, because of her facial uh, structure. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, I I do want to see it. Uh, I'm, um, I know that sounds terrible. I'm just, uh, um, 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 but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't grab me, but yet I want to see what happens. How is this all going to happen? I don't understand. I think I'm more confused and I get so many more questions than I do, um, anticipation, if that makes sense. Don't hate me, everybody. Is it is it more a case of the questions around the trailer or questions about what you think is going to happen in the movie? What I think is going to happen. That's yeah. a good thing, though, right? Well, it is, sure. <clears throat> I mean, hopefully everything will be tied up. I know I've told you guys before and I've told our listeners the same thing. I just want a satisfactory completion to this saga. I don't... Um, see what the rise is unless you know it, it's been being redeemed somehow i i want a satisfactory end to this am i and i'm afraid i might not get it but i'm hoping what would be that satisfying ending for you mary you obviously mentioned it about the about ben being brought back to the light potentially would you is that is that something that you you want to see um I don't know. I mean, he unless he has a a very very good reason for doing everything he's done instead of the look what happened to me when I was a child. That um, he doesn't play the victim of bad parents and you know circumstances. If he can come back you know accepting everything um that kind of redemption i i could buy that 
I, I think I just want what like Luke's sacrifice to be to mean more than it it does. I'll go out on a limb. It it just it was wonderful. It was uh, something we hadn't seen before, but I don't know. I think I don't know if I'm gonna get it. To be frankly honest with you, <laughs> I just don't know if I'm gonna get it. Are we making bold predictions here, Alex? Yeah, let's go go for it, Alex. Because <laughs> I know it's slightly different to the trailer, but are we making bold predictions? Do it, well, I think the trailer kind of links into some of the predictions as well as the rumours that have gone before it as well. But yeah, go for it, go on. Okay. I, I'm sorry, Mera. I actually think you're going to find that Luke might turn out to be quite inconsequential as a figure across the whole saga. Yeah, probably. That, the reason being is... Do you remember, like, like, a year and a bit ago, we started speaking about this ring on Stokes' hand, on no, Stokes, Stokes' hand, which was, um, which people didn't understand why it was so heavily publicised in the visual dictionary and all over the place and never really gone into. I think you're going to find out that, that that ring happens to have had Palpatine's spirit in it, and Snoke was always Palpatine. I think that's what's going to come out, and, and then we're going to see... Someone like our former old Doctor Who come out with this ring and be Palpatine. I think Ray is going to turn up to be someone who is the exact same as Anakin. Actually didn't have any parents at all. Was born of the midichlorians. And it's just mirrored. It's been a whole mirror the whole way through. And we just didn't pick up on it until the end. And I think we're going to see so much synergy to wrap it all up. and Because we've all heard it's going to end with this scene, which is going to be mind-blowing. So, you know, I think you might end up with something like Hayden Christensen and Ray standing next to each other. And in fact, that's the brother and the sister that are going to sort the Mortis arc out. And (laughs) it was all there in front of us all along. We just didn't pick it up. That's my bold prediction. Right, Allie, that's it. That's going to happen. I'm not sure where I'll take the podcast from now. Um... Well, no, it's just, it's just if you think about it, if you think uh, about it, there's so much mirroring and synergy throughout the whole thing. And, and you know, this whole Grey Jedi thing, if that's how it ends, which it might well do, is that there is no Sith, there is no Jedi, it's just the Force. It mm. literally might end that way. And, and then it would make complete sense to make Rey and Anakin the two people who were born of the same thing. And that would explain a lot about Ray. But doesn't that go completely against the prophecy of the Chosen One? Mm. Well, it was just a lie. It's like the Matrix. It was just a lie. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you think Disney are going to basically take everything that's gone on in the previous eight movies and rip it up and say it was a lie? Well, it's not right. ripping it up. It joins all up. It doesn't, though. Yeah, it does. Well, it it, okay. See, Dave's going to join me. It actually, <clears throat> the thing is... No, I, no, I no, 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 no. I think it does. <laughs> what I was going to say there, with regards to the chosen one, you had the recent Master and Apprentice um, novel. Oh no! Yeah, the novel. The, the novel. One, yeah. yeah. Um, is it Claudia Gray? Yeah. Um, and I I read that recently, and there is a heavy mention um of of the prophecies 
and the fact that Dooku was invo- that Dooku had almost sucked um, Qui Gon into getting wrapped around the prophecies. So there's quite a heavy hand trying to imply that the prophecies mattered in that novel. That's so, a book that's read by so little people compared to who watch the films. No, I agree with that, but I don't know. I, okay, and okay, another another thing for me is, and it's almost like maybe I'm picking up throwaway things here that don't actually matter, but in the current Thrawn trilogy. Um, there is mention that the Chiss refer to people who are Force-sensitive as Skywalkers. Yeah. And the reason being that it's in the, in the Chiss ascendancy, um, it's only young, prepubescent girls who are strong in the Force. And as they get older, they get weaker in the Force. But but because they don't have the hyperlanes that have been established within um, gnome space, um, the Chiss are able to use these young girls' ability to, to foresee a few seconds into the future as a method of hyperspace travel because they're able to read where they're Mm. going before they get there, and so are able to navigate through through unknown areas. And so when Thrawn first meets um, Anakin Skywalker, he's shocked by the Skywalker name, because that's that's a word that means something to them. So in my my little head, I was thinking that... um, We've seen, oh, what's the name of that English actor that we've seen dressed in an Empire-style uniform? Oh, I know exactly who you mean. Oh. Yes. Grant. It's not, it's the other one. Richard E. Grant. Yeah, it's Richard E. Grant, yeah, yeah. No, Rich, I, was yeah. Thinking, I was thinking Richard E. Grant. I was thinking, we've only we've seen him in an, in an Empire-style uniform. We've seen him sat on, on set in the Vanity Fair photographs. Now, I'm taking a complete liberty here, and I'm jumping 10 steps ahead, and I'm probably completely out here. We've not seen anything about his uh, a figure for him being released for the new film. We've not yeah. seen anything about him appearing anywhere. I'm suggesting that we didn't see him in his full costume. We didn't see him with a blue face. I think it's possible that he's thrown. A lot of people did say that when he got the part, and it is possible. But there is also this... I mean, people are 99% convinced, aren't they, that Hux is going to be a mole and and saves them, and and then he's the replacement for Hux. They could be. But um... But I'm just thinking, I'm linking this into The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. No, definitely, and and I think to your point about the Skywalkers and and Thrawn, um, that, that but that's the reason a lot of people think it's symmetry with with Rey, and that's how she becomes Skywalker and the rise of yeah. Skywalkers. Yeah, it's it's not that she is the name. No, it's the fact that she has the ability. 
Yeah, and and only two of them have had such abilities, her and Anakin. Yes. To to warrant the yes, name. Just because, because in the Thrawn trilogy, you actually see um, Darth Vader using his Force ability in the same way that the Skywalkers of the Chiss Empire Ascendancy right. use so their Force abilities. Sorry, Mira. So Ray's gonna go evil. No, no, no. no I, I think mirroring. That she, yeah, she's got the ability. She she is a Skywalker in the Chiss ascendancy. Yeah. Idea yeah. that Force users have got That's this premonition, this ability to see see into the future, which is why they use them as navigators for their spaceships, their starships. Yeah. It's and also I, I, the yeah. mirror scene. The mirror scene in the Last Jedi. It makes a lot more sense if that turns out to be true. You know, where she could see lots of different rays, she's looking at different versions of the future, and it makes yes. sense for that. And that, that's where this theory all comes from, is, is the exact passage of that book and that mirror scene. And then people started to connect dots from there. Could, could all be nonsense, but, but that was my bold prediction. Do you know what I think is going to happen? I'm with you to some extent. Yes! Uh, I just yeah. I'm not I'm not sh- I'm not sure that she is she is a female version of Anakin though. I don't know. Uh, that's that's the, I'm not hundred percent with you. Okay. What was your theory, Alex? I, heard I you... reckon she she's the granddaughter of Palpatine. Oh, I've heard that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. But, but, she... but, but hang on, that would make her Anakin. Sister? Mother. Mother. <laughs> sister. Sister. Yeah. yeah. Sister. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, still the mirror thing. No. I I, <laughs> I don't know. I genuinely don't know. And I must admit, it's one of the things that I'm quite quite excited about because there's so much that's been said about this film. It's going to connect all the dots. We're getting this scene at the end of the movie that's going to completely blow everyone away. We've got the cackle of Palpatine at the end of the trailer. We know there is a presence of Palpatine in there. There's rumours going around that we might even see Anakin um, Hayden Christensen again. There's all this going on. And the fan in me is like, dude, just give me the film now. I just want to see it now. (laughs) But I I, want to see a proper trailer first. We haven't had a proper episode nine trailer, and that grates on me, as you can probably tell. I, I, the I, I don't know if that's deliberate, though. That, it when, is when deliberate. Asking, I was going to say when yeah. you were asking me what her thoughts of the trailer was, I, I, I my, my view of that trailer, it, it doesn't give anything away deliberately. It, you just see, you just see small, small bits that don't mean yeah. anything. Yeah, uh, and that's, and it's deliberate, and it's all mis, mis, uh, misdirection <laughs> as well. I think because when you look at Ray yeah. with the double-bladed twin lightsaber, the Swiss Army is, lightsaber, which I, I, I thought that. it was put, I thought it was cool. I'm sorry I did, uh, but you know Darth Maul was my guy, so therefore the double-bladed red lightsaber for me was quality. Um, but I think that's again that's very much a misdirection. It's a false vision, or it's like when Luke went into the the cave of wonders or cave of evil, whatever it's called. Um, an empire where he sees a vision of himself, you know, invaders' mask and stuff, and he has to take him down. I think it's the same as that. Didn't, didn't Disney already ruin that by putting something on their website by mistake? 
<laughs> yeah, they said it was a false vision. Yeah, <laughs> but but they didn't explain what the false vision was. Right. They okay. they just called it a false vision, which could be Ray having a dream, right? Or it could be a vision like Luke going into that cave of evil was a false vision yeah. of seeing Vader because he wasn't really there. Okay. So it's same beef, different gravy to a certain extent. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, it could even be um, Kylo Ren's false vision. It could be. You never know, and. We are slowly getting to the end of our podcast. Look at the time, guys. We've been going for an hour and 25 already. It's because it's been a while. It has been a while. We haven't even covered Obi-Wan's TV series. (laughs) Well, we'll have to say that for next time because I want to love (laughs) one. Exactly. And we haven't even gone into my review of Galaxy's Edge. We'll start with that. At this no. rate, it'll be closed before you actually do your review. Oh. Can, can I? I'm just going to put it out there, right? It isn't a flop. It's as simple as that. It's not a flop. Could it have been better? Probably. Could it have been handled better? Definitely. Is it a flop? No. But I will save that for another podcast. And on that note, um, I feel that that is a way to wrap up this particular podcast for this week. It has been great to be back with you guys. We could easily keep going for another couple of hours on on everything that we have discussed. And it is always a pleasure uh, getting around the microphone, speaking to you guys. Hopefully you've had as much fun listening to this uh, to our listeners as we have had talking about it. Um, I think we've had, we've had a really good time. And I think that is a pretty good opportunity to get our final thoughts Dave final thoughts for today without going back to my original run it was a bit of a triple fast Friday <laughs> it could have been better and the only the only people I can blame for that was was Disney's marketing they, they, it didn't feel like they got behind their own brand. Okay. Mera, final thoughts from yourself. Oh, well, I love my little Lego set from Allie and Aileen. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, you know, because now I have the little pod, the escape pod with C-3PO and R2. <laughs> Even with a little storm in the back, it's just wonderful. So I may be a Lego uh, put together pro and day when you're listening. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, I will always be R2, R2, and anyway, so we'll see. Yeah, it would have been nice to have a little bit more on the Force Friday, but uh, I'm not really a, a serious collector. But um, yeah, we'll yeah, and I love talking to you guys. It's wonderful. Miss Contrary. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry, Alex, but you're going to hate me. Go on. But my highlight has been the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing we've not spoken about. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. You. <laughs> Can I talk about it just for a minute? Just one minute. No. <laughs> You've got f- five minutes. No, I just want one. I just want Go on, one. then. Go I just want to say... Seeing Ewan McGregor on stage with Kathleen Kennedy 
all right, I was in a heightened state of awareness. That means drunk when I came in at one o'clock oh. in the morning. It happened to be on to watch it. But genuinely, the emotion of Ewan McGregor, I know it's obviously staged and put together, but the way that they did it was so good and so awesome. And I think... I mean, it's got the reaction, like, people are so positive and they just want to see this series now. And I think it's it's the best thing to have happened to Star Wars in a while. Bringing back Obi-Wan, bringing back Ewan McGregor and finding out, you know, what happened. I mean, I'm not I'm not the one who really likes the retconning, as you know. But I'm so excited to see an actor really passionate to be involved in Star Wars in this way again. I think it's brilliant. That's all I wanted to say about it. As, as Ali's had a go, Mera, after you, because I know you wanted to say something as well. You might as well go on. After you. <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm excited for Obi-Wan. I've been wanting to see this happen for a long time. As excited as I am about the Mandalorian, when he finally said that, yes, this was going to happen, and all these, well, I don't know, I don't know, we'll see. I'm just so glad, because he has been wanting to do this. Not just us wanting to see him and all the naysayers out there saying, oh, like we want to see something in the desert. Well, a lot of stuff can happen in that desert. So, oh, beep, beep, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm very passionate about it. So I agree with Ali. I loved seeing his reaction and that he's so excited to bring Obi-Wan back to the... I, I can't wait. This is going to be... He's superb. If anybody captured, uh, you know, the Alec Guinness young, it, it was Ewan McGregor. I can't imagine anybody else. So, yes, I'm excited. Dave? I've, well, I've got a quick question around, because um, I'm looking, really looking for, I, I'm, I'm with everybody else here. I'm really looking forward to it. But when do we get Disney Plus in the UK? And Next do we have to wait? Point. Well, I was yeah. say, do we have to wait for all the Americans? No offense. No, 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 no offense to any of our American friends out there. But why do we wait? It's because of Sky. It's because of yeah. Sky. It's because the Sky's got contracts in place with Disney that don't run out until like next year, apparently, at some point where nobody really knows. Um, and that's the problem. So Sky have already bought the rights to films that have come out this year that need to come out on Sky first before it ends. And that's the whole problem behind it. In other okay. countries, so, so for example, it's coming out in Holland. We know, I think it's November. It's coming out a couple of days afterwards. It's coming out in Australia, New Zealand. Places where Disney don't have contracts in place, they're rolling yeah. out quickly. We're just unfortunate that Sky, and the other problem with Sky is, is that Disney wanted to buy Sky as part of Fox, but Comcast ended up buying Sky from Rupert Murdoch, which meant that they really don't want to play ball with Disney. So that, that's so what happened. So, well, okay, so, so my, my other question then is the, uh, uh, this is more of a bag. By the way, Dave, that's why I read into it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm glad that I've actually got an answer for that. But is there any chance whatsoever that... Um, Disney could license uh, the Mandalorian for a short spell on something like Netflix. Because no we, we know that Dis we know that Disney have done the tie ups for the Marvel stuff with um, Netflix. Couldn't they, they just do that this, for six they? months? No, they, but they won't. They did. Netflix is their biggest competitor. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, not probably. in the British, not in the UK, because they won't have it. Yeah, but, but it, it be... allows them to actually build build some brand loyalty before the Mandalorian then comes to the UK. You, uh, you may well, but there are Disney channels in the UK that you might end up seeing it on. But Absolutely. yeah, but I, I don't think they'll do that. Just because because Disney Plus is like from more of Bob Iger's book extracts, like his big thing. It's like his legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's his big last big project at Disney. You know, he's taken over the world with all these M&A deals. So I just, it's really annoying. It's just annoying, but we're all just going to watch it illegally anyway on the day it comes out. No, we're not. We don't do that on this show. <clears throat> no, do we, not? We, don't, we don't do that. Just, we, we will never, ever do that. But Ali, when you find the link, just let me know. I will do. No problem. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it illegally. <laughs> See, Mera, you, Mera, you are in a privileged position where you're going to get Disney Plus a hell of a lot sooner than we will here in I'm the UK. I'm such a wicked girl, aren't I? I'm sorry. I'm no fun. <laughs> yeah, Mera, no fun. But you, you, if, you're going to enjoy it and just rub it in, aren't you? Oh, you're not going to believe what I saw last night. A little night. bit. <laughs> although, although, actually, if you want to be really sneaky, you need to find somebody in the Netherlands because apparently they've got a beta version out already. Really? Yeah, apparently. Um, but obviously they don't have the Mandalorian because the show is not yet. But he's based out in the Netherlands, isn't it, Alex? That's why I've said it. <clears throat> All right, kids, don't do this at home. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, anyway, <laughs> so no what one's is? excited for Resistance. <laughs> what? What? What's that? Oh, I just oh, went oh. Weird, like. You know, things to be excited for. Resistance kicks off soon. So, can I, no one can excited I just, for it? Can no. I just butt in there? Because I didn't give my two pennies worth about Obi-Wan. Oh. Go for it. I thought, I thought you were ending this. Yes. Well, I, was, I, was, I tried to end it seven minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alex, take why, it out. Why change the habit of a lifetime? Um, <laughs> cats, that's what it is. I'm very much looking forward to the Obi-Wan show, I must admit. But again, it re-emphasizes the change in direction that Disney have gone from completely ignoring the prequel characters to basically throwing their money at it to make more TV, which is great for me because yeah. I'm an Obi-Wan fan, uh, as I'm a prequel fan. But nevertheless, I think it's an interesting shift. Um, but I think, Mary, to your point that Ewan McGregor is like the only person. Could you imagine if they'd have done a TV show about Obi-Wan Kenobi and it wasn't Ewan McGregor? That would have been an absolute reputation killer. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And I am very much looking forward to it, I must admit. And I'm I'm not well, resistance, I'll watch it. I mean the end of the first season was good, but you know, um it'll be interesting to see where they take it and how much of an overlay there will be on The Last Jedi. Um I mean when you look at the trailer, you obviously see um Kylo Ren, isn't it? Yep. Um, which is interesting. Um and there are some cool bits and pieces that look pretty good. Ironically, there's a red stormtrooper in that as well, um, which obviously we now have again in the Sith trooper in the Rise of Skywalker. But you know, who knows if they're going to be connected? Probably unlikely, but nevertheless, um, I'm kind of looking forward to Re- Resistance. Not as much. Um, I'm looking forward to the Mandalorian. I'm super excited about it. I'm not going to lie. Oh my! More so, sadly, more so than Rise of Skywalker. Which is really sad. I've said that before, so I, I kind of agree with you, Dave. <laughs> but I'm sad. Wouldn't be. What? what sorry, what, I know. I know that you want to wrap this up, Alex. But one quick question. There's, <laughs> there's lots of 
like <laughs> one quick question that might like might spawn a debate here. Um, the Last Jedi split the fans. Yeah, we've, we've all we've covered that off. Now there is a large there is a large proportion of fans who do like the movie and have mm-hmm. defended the movie. There are, I would say, an equally large number of fans who didn't like the movie and felt it it struck the wrong tone. So, J.J. Abrams' position at the moment is, how does he appease both sides of it? How how does he re-engage with fans who were alienated by The Last Jedi whilst not retconning things that potentially could could engage with Disney's hope of new fans. I, I think rather than retcon, they're just going to ignore it. Correct. I think that's what they're going to do. They're just going to ign- almost but, ignore a lot of things that happened in it. You don't need to. You don't really need to focus on it to push the storyline forward. But what we do know is, it's like it's like Carrie Fisher's going to be in it. So there's no way. That they can't go back to um, to the Force Awakens without including her. There's no way because the footage is from there. Yeah, yeah. So, so they have to just ignore it, push on with what was what was from there, and just finish it off. Does, doesn't that then potentially cause the issue that you treat the Last Jedi like it never existed? And doesn't that make the last Jedi stand out even more like a sore thumb? Possibly, but I think at this point, Disney have got, got no option. to make some money, and they haven't got much option. Mm. Because those people that watched like the last Jedi are going to still watch the last film. It's the people that didn't like it and don't go that's the problem for Disney. Yeah, they need word of mouth to be good to get those people in the cinema and to yeah. go back two, three times. Yes, I know because look at Solo. Solo had brilliant word of mouth after it came out, and it still it did. Yeah, only the Star Wars fans, not general fans. But I also think that there was lots of issues with Solo's release and when it was released. We yeah. we, we took this off at the time. It was it was on a conveyor belt of movies. You had Deadpool two. You had Jurassic World. You had um, Black I mean, Panther. The, the to movies all at the same time it, it so sorry solo could never be in the cinema for more than two weeks it was always going to get bumped out of the cinema it was going to get bumped off the top screen by jurassic world it was also interesting recently to hear kathleen kennedy actually come out and say we've realized we can't release two star wars films in a year yeah yeah definitely that in itself is a is an interesting take one that I think I'm not going to echo stuff we've said. It's about the quality rather than the, the quality rather mm. than the quantity. But nevertheless, you know, yeah. if you gave me a Star Wars film every month, it was if it was good, I'd be delighted. But yeah. if it's you know if it's not, then I'm not going to be. So um, I know you're going to hate me making this point, but I'm going to do it anyway. It is a Star Trek one. The second nah. card. No, no. Let me speak. The second <laughs> card trailer came out yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. it. It's got just the right amount of nostalgia and completely new storyline and it shows everything that star wars has failed in creating a good trailer and how to bring people on board with the old and the new and everyone who's a star trek fan is excited for this picard series because they've done it right and they've got that balance and it just if you go back and watch some star wars you can see they just didn't get the balance right from the start on this 
But the, the thing is, if you were to jump back five years and you saw the trailers for The Force Awakens, you would argue that the balance was there. You would argue that the balance was there because you would think it's got the nostalgia, it's got the gritty, realistic feel of the original trilogy, it's got the characters that I'm familiar with as, as the, the characters that I grew up with. It felt the trailer, and to be honest, The Force Awakens, for all of the bad press it may have of being a, a, a remake of the original movie, it had all the, it ticked all the right boxes to re-engage with the fans. Yeah, but my my point's slightly different, Dave, is is the fact that they focused on one character, Picard, being the the through part, and there's a Mm. couple of small mentions of, like, pretty major characters who are going to be side parts, but it's a new story in the main, and and you you have to watch it to understand what I mean, and and, and that's why everyone is happy about this. If they they taken a story and just said, like, I don't know, this is Luke's story for seven, eight and nine and he is the main character and there's going to be subplots around him. I think people would have been more happy than what's happened. That's exactly what it should have been. And that's the worrying thing. I I was going to say, I think a lot of people thought that was going to happen because all the, 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 the stuff that they released prior to episode seven hitting the cinemas was that. We've got Carrie Fisher back. We've got Mark Hamill back. We've got um, Harrison Ford back. Everyone assumed that they were going to have major parts to play in it. Instead, they've all been relegated to fairly minor roles. Han Solo, to be honest, had the biggest part in The Force Awakens. And he died. Well, yeah. But even he was a facilitator for the new characters. He wasn't, it wasn't centred around him in a way. Honestly, go watch the Picard trailer. If you've ever watched any of the next generation films, you'll see what they're doing. And I promise you, you'll look at that and think, why did they not do that with Star Wars? I think the interesting thing is, like to to your point, Dave, around the original characters, I mean, they brought them over to pass the torch to the new characters. I get that. And the amount of hype that came out when it was announced that Harrison Ford was coming back, because we all know he... Didn't really like playing Harris, uh, Han Solo. There was a big issue how he wanted the character killed off in the first film. He got his wish anyway, but nevertheless, there was a huge hype to even not utilise him, let alone only use Luke as a bit part. But I'm ranting about everything that we've uh, talked about previously, and I'm going to stop there because I actually watched The Force Awakens while I was on holiday during the summer, and I actually really and I hadn't seen it in a while, and I actually thought this is actually a really enjoyable movie, and I really enjoyed it. And then I tried to watch Last Jedi afterwards, and I realised that I didn't like it still. Yeah, I, I don't I don't dislike the Force Awakens. I enjoyed oh. it. But on that bombshell, um, I'm going to give my final thoughts because you've all had yours <laughs> twenty minute twenty minutes ago. Um, and I, my final thought is that I've kind of missed being around the mic with you guys chatting about the wars. It's quite a surprise how much you actually missed this, and it is quite therapeutic as well. <laughs> Um, standing standing around, sitting around, talking to you about things that we all love passionately. Um, and I think it's a great, great way to talk about things that are up and coming, knowing that in two months' time we're going to get the end of a enthralling saga that we've all been part of. And with that, we are the, we are the Jedi Council. Thank you very much for listening to us this week. If this is your first listen, we hope you come back. If this is a repeated listen, thank you very much for your friendship. Thank you very much for your loyalty. We are... 
glad that we have kept you entertained for an hour and 45-ish minutes talking about everything and anything Star Wars. If you want to find us, we are on Twitter. We are at the Jedi underscore council. You can find us on Facebook. We are TJC underscore the Jedi council. You can find us on Instagram. We are at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC. You can find us on the web. We are www.the-jedi-council.com and you want to download all these podcasts you can find us on the uh, ios podcast app you can find us on soundcloud you can find us on spotify you can find us on player.fm and all these other good places to find us if you do find us on each of those particular uh listening methods give us a review give us a five-star review we love them or just be honest talk to us reach out to us on any of the social media channels that i just mentioned and remember may the force be with you remember the force will be with you always